What's up, everybody? This is Excellence Personified, Brian Carson, and you are listening to the most excellent podcast in the world of professional wrestling, indie wrestling, any kind of wrestling. Doesn't matter. Wrestling cheers, baby. Taking your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name. I don't know, maybe maybe not if we're live in the audience, but this is Wrestling Cheers. We'd like to talk about things going to Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is a review of AIW's Calling All Skeletons, the AIW Halloween Special. I'm your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe your Everless Fine Podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, and Instagram.com slash wrestling cheers email if you so choose desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com like i said this is a review for aiw's calling all skeletons i've already introduced myself and we have butters with us hey hi hello all my uh guys gals and non-binary pals it is your friend butters this is this it's evolution baby ah you know (laughs) i don't know maybe that's that. Is that what we're uh, we're doing for Halloween? We're pretending this podcast is that one. Let me get really far away from the mic and then like eat while we're talking. I don't want to take any shots of podcast, but <laughs> I, might, I might have a couple. I might have nitpicks. I I, te- I tease. I I honestly have not listened to its evolution, baby, in ooh, a couple of years now. Well, maybe a year or so. Um, I'm on kind of like. How do I put it in words? I'm listening, but I have my like turn off moments. Uh, I'll just say this is like sometimes they bash like WWE or AEW like way too much. And it's not like standing up for that side, but it becomes. That's that's exactly why I actually stopped was just like the constant bashing of AEW. And like there's only one match this week. It's like, okay, well, that's that's what there is. Like can neither you know, bend to it and be like, okay, it's this, we're going to cover it and be whatever. Mm-hmm. We'll complain about it every single week. Cause your voice means so much to them. Apparently. Yeah. I, I think one, one of my nitpicks as a podcaster, especially if you've done a podcast as long as they have is like have a format. And I feel like they don't like they have a little bit of one, but it's like very unorganized, but adding that to the fact of just, there's just a lot of bashing of like whatever WWE or AEW does, or it's just like, well, that it isn't what we want. Well, what you want isn't necessarily like going to happen all the time. So like, that's where I've kind of like, I've, I've had points of, if you're going to bash and make it funny. I mean, (laughs) I've gotten to a point. If you make it funny, there's, then it's like, it's excusable if you're going to bash something, if if you're funny about it. Cause then like, okay, it's, you know, you can see the, the comedy in it or whatever, but like, 
just to sit there and complain. I could, I don't want to listen to somebody complain. Like my, like life is too depressing to listen to people complain about shit on a podcast. I could just, you know, listen to people around me at work if I really wanted to do that. So, which that brings us to IW, uh, internet wrestling guide. Yeah. The indie wrestling guide. Yeah. I might've uh, stopped listening to that recently too. To it, so I don't know what you're talking about. I was about to say, I might, I kind of recently just stopped listening to it. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I love all them, but when I can tell there might be a certain bias from somebody who only knows like so many wrestlers and it's just like these, these people that I really like are good and they should be on TV, but these people I don't know about, I'm not going to do any research on. I've kind of gotten to a point of like, yeah, I'm done. Like, I love you guys, but. Well, he's, he's on Brett's uh, payroll. So, you know, yeah, it is what it is. So yeah, I've, I've gotten to the point where it's like, I think I'm like, <laughs> I, I literally just edit where I have to. I don't listen to the review anymore. Like I used to. And then I just uh, put the music in where it needs to. It's, it's very much a job at this point. I think th- Cause I was like a three weeks behind on it. I think I just uh, turned off the episode that you were on. No, it wasn't because of you. You, you didn't tune in to, to, to listen to my one minute interviews every week that, you know, I, I did. And I got to do more. We didn't do one on this week's episode. Uh, we had to take like, I was, we were one short as if we did it, we wouldn't have one for the uh, black Friday episode. So, okay. I, uh, I didn't do one this week, but, uh, we did delirious last week and I still have, um, Isaiah Brunner, Jocelyn Navarro and Alec price coming up. Yeah. Th- those are, those are fun and all, but I don't know. I just, I've gotten to the point where sometimes I just got to cut what I'm not enjoying as much. And that's, right. that's gotcha. k- kind of where I am. It's, it's, there's, there's very similar, uh, nitpicks that I might have of its evolution to IW guide. Speaking of speaking of podcasts, though, uh, Super Fantastic is back, it uh, is. which is super exciting. And I've been um, listening to it to and from work so that I could listen to it um, for more than just like, you know, the two hours that it was. And uh, I just finished it today on my way home. So I'm kind of bummed that I have to wait till like Christmas for the next episode. <laughs> I have not listened to that episode yet. I haven't listened to anything since going on my trip i figured like yeah, I, you went on a yeah, we should stop like mention that you went on a nice uh trip after the uh halloween show yes uh before i get into that i will say like i wanted to listen to like a bunch of podcasts but it turned into like i either listened to like music like particular albums or just shuffling through my uh catalog or like watching stuff uh i have like a bunch of movies on my voodoo that i haven't mm-hmm. that i hadn't like sat down and watched all the way or, or whatever and like on the way to san antonio i ended up finally sitting down and watching a movie that i'm gonna say and like i'm gonna be- guess like 99 percent of the listeners are gonna be like what never heard of that movie it's called the jazz singer and it was a movie in the 80s starring neil diamond and i recently realized that that was a soundtrack that the song love on the rocks came from and I'm a fan of that song. And that's actually, I've finally traced back to what it was or why it was. It was because of the movie Saving Silverman. And there's the quote from Neil Diamond where he just says, says yeah, love on the rocks. It ain't no big surprise. And that got me to like, ended up downloading that song, really liking it recently. But I bought the whole CD, bought the whole uh, soundtrack. So I was like, well, I want to sit, I want to watch this movie. So I bought it off Voodoo. And it just, it's one of those movies that I have where I'm not going to sit down and watch it with my wife because she 
probably doesn't give a fuck. So I got to find like times where I can I can enjoy it and like not burden her with it. Well, on the way to San Antonio, uh, we did have a which I'll get into some of that stuff with the flights and San Antonio. But uh, as we were going to actually to flying to San Antonio, we had a good amount of time. So I was like, let me see what movies I have. Mm-hmm. that i can i can watch in one of them and i already had it downloaded was on my which is i had to download on my phone was the jazz singer and i sat down and watched it and i enjoyed it is is it a nice. movie i want to tell everybody to go out and see well, not necessarily i mean if you like neil diamond like i'm not huge into him but this is kind of like my a bigger introduction of him and also it stars the the female co-lead you would say is lucille ball and desi arnez's daughter that I didn't realize it was her until I looked up like some of the IMDb stuff afterwards. I'm like, Oh shit, that's cool. Like she didn't, she didn't, hasn't done much acting, but that was like part of her acting credits. So, uh, and supposedly so would you I, say your fandom for Neil diamond, does it carry over to being a fan of Neil diamond cutter? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, it does not. But anyway, um, going with the trip. Okay. So we got a hotel room. It was a, shitty hotel like uh but what we were paying for like we were we, it was like under 50 bucks i want to say and we were we weren't even staying like a full day like check-in was at three i think we got there closer to five or something and we were out of there by like five in the morning so like it, it was what it was it was it was a nice way to like me be able to go to the show leave there get a little bit of sleep i was afraid i was going to get none surprisingly i did get some sleep and then um we went to the airport. Only thing that sucked about me going to the airport. And it's one of those times that I'm really happy. I thought ahead, like I had my AirPods in my pocket and this would be the first time I've ever went through the TSA shit. Cause I haven't flown since 96. So have, they have you put all your stuff in these bins and it's like, you have to have like certain electronics in one bin and other stuff in another bin. And that you go through and, x-ray machine all this kind of bullshit well i accidentally in this chaos like left behind my airpods luckily for me whenever uh i got one of my phones i got like these uh power beats headphones and i had packed them because i was like ah you'll never know, never know if you're gonna need them so just pack them turns out i fucking needed them luckily for me even though i did lose my airpods um i did get them back i sent an email to the Cleveland airport lost and found. I had a pretty distinctive description of it because I have like a Browns, uh, AirPod case for it. And then like on that, there's like a clip that come that, you know, comes like standard with a lot of, uh, AirPod, uh, covers and cases and everything. And then on that, mm-hmm. I had a, I had a silicone ring that before me and Amanda got married, I bought as like, well, number one, my wedding ring came in like the week of the wedding. So that was like a something of just in case it doesn't come in in time, I have this. And, uh, I just, I just keep it on with my AirPods just to like keep track of it. So I was able to give like a very distinct description of what it looked like. And luckily they, they found it. And then whenever I, we came back in Monday night, uh, I had to go to a particular like desk and they had it and all that kind of shit. But cool. So yeah, so I was actually like, "Fuck, I'm gonna have to spend like another hundred dollars and buy another one." But now, luckily, everything's good. So the 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 whole flying experience was like kind of that first day was uh, 
questionable, like, oh my God, like we're going to run into a string of bad luck. Cause first it was, I lost my AirPods and then we managed to, we did get on the plane, not too much of, of an issue there. Um, I barely made it cause I, I, re- I went down to like TSA to like double check. Cause that's where I swear I left it. And it turns out that it was, but like where I was, I couldn't go back to the TSA cause there was like this, like, do not enter sign. It was like exit only. I'm like, fuck. So by the time I get back to the terminal, like Amanda had already boarded, but they hadn't like closed boarding. So I was like, I, was, I, I made it like under the wire. Uh, we get to Charlotte, which was our uh, first connection. We were supposed to go from Cleveland to Charlotte, Charlotte to Dallas, Dallas to San Antonio. So we get to Charlotte and the plane that we were supposed to get on was delayed of flying out. And I, th- I believe I was never officially told, but I think it's because like right around Louisiana or so, uh, there was a storm and I guess that pilot wanted to like wait a while before going out. He wanted to like, just see if it kind of cleared up a little bit or at least got a little better. So by the time we got there, it would be way better, whatever it was like, it caused a delay to where if we would have got on that plane, we would have like just missed our flight to San Antonio. Like they would have closed boarding and we, we wouldn't have been able to get on. We'd have been stuck in Dallas. So I then was given the like task of like, all right, now I got to like rebook flights. Got to figure out how we're getting there. Like I could take the gamble of like, maybe the flight to San Antonio will get delayed. Uh, I'm not sure what it was, but I was like, I don't want to do that. Like I want a guaranteed way to get there. And at this point it's like 10, 11 in the morning. And like the only flight we could get on was, leaving at like eight o'clock at night. So we had like a bunch of like time to waste. But what they did was is they put us on standby for the next two flights going straight to San Antonio. And that was the other thing. The the flight that left at eight was going straight to San Antonio. There was no bullshit connection in Dallas. So we go to wait for the first one and they're they're completely full. They had no cancellations. They were even trying to get people they were it was overbooked and they were trying to get people, somebody to give up their seat. And like they, the price went from like, I think 200 to like 550 that they would give you to take a later flight. Wow. Um, among other like certain things, but like there was like a cash value of it. It's like, oh fuck. I'm like, if I had that opportunity and like could give up my seat and uh, still be able to make where I need to, I would have fucking done it. But right. uh, we didn't get on that one. So it came down to like the second one. And if like the cool thing was like, if we didn't make either of those, we still had this like guaranteed seat on this third flight. Luckily, uh, the second flight did have an opening. Uh, the only thing that sucked is me and Amanda weren't able to sit near each other, but we were just like, we're getting tired of waiting in this airport and jumping around from terminal to terminal that, uh, we just want to go just send us there. And luckily they were, uh, two seats just front and, uh, different rows, same seat. So, and we were, uh, it was one in front of the other. So did that, um, get to San Antonio. I was supposed like original plans as I was going to meet my sister that day, but she has two jobs. She has like a regular job. And I guess she likes doing this, like a haunted house as a side job type thing. She does like makeup and everything there. So by the time we got there, cause at this point it's like, I want to say about nine, 10 o'clock at night, maybe she was already at her second job and couldn't make it, which fine we had like we had a rent a car so she didn't have to like necessarily pick us up grabbed our rent a car i fucked up in booking it 
Uh, luckily, we were. This is one thing I have learned, and I think a lot more people should learn this. And it, it seems like common sense, but I, I, I watched it work. If you are in these situations, be nice, show people kindness, and a lot of times they will work with you. When I booked everything because I did like Priceline, luckily, too, like no real big issues with Priceline. I think if you're going to somewhere like a big, like maybe tourist place like New York City, you know, I mean, it's not tourist, but you know, there's you know a lot of people going in and out of there, Orlando, LA. I think you might wind up some horror stories, but we were going to San Antonio, like no real big issues. But I fucked up in the rent a car because I don't have a credit card in my name. Amanda does. I put down her credit card name as her married name, but she hasn't gotten new credit cards yet with her married name on it. So I put down Summers instead of her maiden name and they were like, oh, you know, everything has to match. Uh, her, luckily too, this is only one of the few times that I'm like, oh, thank God you have this with you. She actually still had like her old license with her that had her uh, maiden name that actually went with her credit card. Mm-hmm. But they were like, you know, you know, we need to like, it needs to match the reservation. And I'm like, instead of like being a dick, like this is bullshit, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, what can we do? Just trying to figure out like, okay, I fucked up. What are, what, where do we go from here? What are the next um, available options for us? And just because of that, like the person was willing to work with us. Like they're like able, I don't know whether it was they were able to let it slide or whatever it was. Uh, they were happy to work with me. And I, like, I, I realized I fucked up. I wasn't putting that on anybody else. Like, ah, dumbass, I just wasn't thinking right. So we ended up getting the yeah, car. Shit happens like that sometimes. So you got to just try to go with it. It's not, you know, taking it out on them. That's probably like the first thing most everybody does. So when you didn't, they're probably like, oh, well, let me see what I can do. Because like when I worked in customer service, if the, like the person, like if they did something, like if they were willing to work with me and like, I'll be like, I'll try to do anything I can to help you. But if you just want to scream at me, then I'm not going to do anything like, I, yeah. you know, I'm not even going to attempt it. So I totally, yeah, that's, that's definitely the vibe you want to get to people is like, Hey, like I messed up. Okay. What can we do? Like, can you you know help me with this? So, yeah, even like not necessarily being to help me. I'm just like, Hey, well, what's our other options? Like, I didn't know it was like, okay, like this, you'll get like certain f- amount ref- refunded. You can do like, I was just what I was open to whatever. And it was the same thing like with, with the flights where like, uh, I got the notification like almost as soon as we landed in Charlotte, like, hey, your flight to Dallas is delayed. You might not make your uh, connection to San Antonio. Start looking up uh, other options. So then I, you know, I looked through a couple and like going through the app, it wasn't going to give me the same options as it would as somebody in person. So I like I went up to uh, to one of the flight desks uh, and said like, hey, you know, this is what's going on. Um, what are what are one of my options? What's what's going on? And, you know, she looked through everything and obviously I was told like, you could go to Dallas and like figure out everything from there. Or, you know, you can you know, get on this one later in the day. The one later day I like, I had seen earlier and I'm like, oh man, sitting here and waiting till like eight o'clock at night. Like that's like, we're only going to be here like 10 hours. But when she gave me the option, I was like, Hey, like at least you'll know you'll get there. I'm like, yeah, that's true. But I think the key was like, we would be on standby. And every time I went to the standby desk, I wasn't like being a dick. I was just like, Hey, um, checking in for the standby flight, you know, what's the status? Like the first one, they were like, yeah, yeah, we're kind of overbooked for this one. You probably won't get on it. And I'm like, Hey, you know, we, we got a flight later in the day. Like that's guaranteed. If we get there sooner, that's great. You know, if it doesn't work out here, I know there's other options. And then 
it was that second flight that I went to go check in. And they're like, yeah, we got open seats. They're just not going to be together. Is that fine? I'm like, yep, just, just want to get there at this point. So I, I showed people kindness and I watched so many people uh, go up to these flight desks and just like give them issues where it's just like, you're not, you're not necessarily going to get what you want. If you do that, like the only way, and I don't even want to say only way, like for you to get an attitude and like be in the right, if somebody, the, the customer service representative is like totally in the wrong, like 100% in the wrong. But even then, like, if you know, like you're, you are 100% in the right, you don't need to even do that shit. Like you can be yeah. aggravated, but you can, you can take that issue to somebody else and be like, listen, this is what's going on over there. And someone will take your side, but you have to be 100% in the right without a question. So fast forward, going everything to getting into San Antonio first stop said, I told everybody I was going to do it. First stop was a Whataburger after we got out mm-hmm. of the airport, got me a barbecue chicken strip sandwich. That's my favorite thing they got. Oh, it was, it was, it was amazing. <laughs> um, then we, we checked into the hotel room. Um, it was a La Quinta. Very nice. Uh, not like a super, super nice hotel, but like way everything was that like we were on like a sixth floor, just and really close to the airport and a Whataburger and a Walmart. Like perfect. Uh, the next day, let me see. We had we did a quick stop at the Walmart bias because it was like ah we there were certain things we couldn't pack so let's go grab them it's like stuff we can we need for the hotel room and then I was like all right we'll go out and do some little bit of sightseeing uh, we weren't sure exactly when we were meeting with my sister at this point it ended up being Sunday and I'll get to that shortly but uh, we went to the Alamo that was like a really high on my list also even before that I will say we. Uh, I stopped at uh, Whataburger again, but this time I got a Whataburger hamburger and put their spicy ketchup on. And yeah, like that spicy ketchup on their burger oh, it is, it is amazing. And I'm not a huge spicy fan, but like it just fits so well into that, that taste. So if you, if you have the chance to go to Whataburger, get the spicy ketchup. And also if you are in the local area, at least the local area, I think maybe even all Walmarts across the United States, they now carry Whataburger spicy ketchup. And I think that's fucking awesome. Like there's people can say a lot of bad things about Walmart and trust me, I get it, but they are pretty good at sharing like those local favorites. Like you can get Duke's mayonnaise at uh, Walmart and that's like a staple of the Carolinas. And now I think they're doing the same thing with that. And I think the, they offer certain Quaker steak flavors. Sadly, they don't offer my barbecue that I really like, but they offer other ones. Uh, there instead like I think they do the like Louisiana liquors and all that kind of stuff hmm. so, so yeah if you're if you're curious of what it tastes like hit, uh, hit up a hit up a Walmart and uh, try it for yourself like I like I said free I highly plug, recommend free, free plug for Walmart this week and Whataburger yes uh, so after that we like I said we went to the Alamo we just did the outside stuff, like just like took pictures in front of it. Cause right. at this point we weren't sure of like what was going on with my sister. So we wanted to make it, if, if we needed to like leave, we could leave. So we, we just did that. And like, I looked right across the street from the Alamo. There was a Ripley's believe it or not. I've never been to a Ripley's believe it or not. And I've always wanted to go since I first heard about it when I was in fifth grade. So that was like really uh, kind of a bucket list thing that we didn't realize was there. So we went there and they, they offer like, four different attractions with it that are like you have regulars Ripley's believe it or not. Then you have like 
um, a wax museum, you have an optical illusion thing, and you have uh, a 4D theater. 4D theater was the only one we didn't get to do. We bought the tickets for everything, but uh, we skipped it. And I'll say that in a um, lie in a minute, but uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not, fun as hell. Like, if you've never been to it, it's worth at least going to once. Then the wax museum. I've always wanted to go to a wax museum and get pictures with, you know, wax figures of famous people and even like characters and everything like there. That was a fun little experience. Optical illusion thing. Like we kind of breezed through it. It wasn't as cool as I thought it was going to be, but there were still like some cool pictures that we were able to take and kind of like stuff to be in. So that was, that was fun. We skipped the 40 theater because Amanda thought that SeaWorld closed at six o'clock and I believed her instead of looking it up myself and, or even like having a, a red flag in my head that goes, why would an amusement park close at six o'clock? turns out, uh, if you ever went to a SeaWorld in Northeast Ohio, when we had the one in Cleveland or Aurora, whatever you want to call it, SeaWorld, Ohio. Loved it. Uh, SeaWorld's not the same anymore. At least this one isn't. And I don't know if they've changed in, in the 22 years since it closed potentially, but like, there were roller coasters at the SeaWorld. Like, hmm. yeah, there was none of that shit here. Uh, there was very little, like they had animals, but it wasn't as, as many as I remember. Like there wasn't a dolphin cove. There wasn't a shark encounter. Like there, there was like a little aquarium where they had like some sharks and some fish and everything. But like we were in and out of that within maybe 10 minutes. Man, I remember getting to, to pet dolphins and stingrays and stuff, and mm -hmm. uh, that's the stuff like I remember to this day. I remember that, so uh, that's a, it's a bummer they don't have that. I mean, I guess it's good for the animals, but though I've that's had, still an experience that I've, I cherish to this day. Like the first thing we end up doing there, because like first I wanted to look around, like see where all like all the shit was, but there was there was a ton of rides. The, the penguin exhibit was closed. Like we're like, they're like remodeling it. So that sucked. But you know, there's just a lot more like roller coasters and rides and shit to where, yeah, we couldn't, couldn't go. But there's also this sea world is divided up in like three different parks. There's sea world. And then there's like a thing called Aquatica, which that's more of uh like uh, water rides and everything, which that was completely closed, which fine. We weren't necessarily trying to go to that. And then there was like a very small animal part and i forget what that was called maybe it's called like animal life or something but again we were in and out with that section within maybe about 15 to 20 minutes maybe even a half hour uh we did see two shows the only one we didn't go see that was running uh, we didn't go see the uh orca whale aka would be like a equivalent to the shamu show but we did see the beluga whale and like pacific dolphin show which was which was more informational but my favorite one which was the first one we went to was the uh seal show which was always like the most fun because that's more that's more of a show of like because like obviously like seals can be funny or you can train them to do things that make it funny so uh we went to that and that like brought back like some real nostalgic memories because that's like i said that's more of like a stage show with right. uh seals and otters um, I do find it funny when I checked into it on Facebook, somebody that we know said like, oh, they should all be closed, but this is the same person that has an effectuation with uh, Chris Benoit. So, uh, I found that very, uh, confusing. 
Uh, hey, animal lovers or, you know, for uh, a unique breed. I mean, like, I understand, like, the bullshit with uh, SeaWorld. Like, I never watched the documentary Blackfish, but apparently if you watch that, you'll be adamantly against that company forever. And I, I just, that's why I never watched it, because I love the memories I have from it. I'll probably never get to go to one again, but I'm not going to ruin those memories with, like a hard truth about life. Um, no, no, thanks. There's enough shit that's been ruined by that. Well, I want to keep the, the memories I do cherish, you know? Well, there's, there is that aspect of it. When that documentary came out, I was with my ex and my ex not only watched that documentary, but even before it came out, she read the book that was not necessarily, you know, based off of the documentary based off of it. Cause it's, it's a documentary, but it covered the same things mm-hmm. even went into more details and to the point, like there was something that they didn't have in the documentary that I know from her was in the book, but I don't remember what it was. Now, I think when you think big picture here, there's probably just as many cons in going to SeaWorld as there's going to the zoo. There's going to be some good things that, that they're both going to do, but there, there has to be cons. And like, if we want to go, you can go to the professional wrestling route. Like we've all supported WWE in one way or another. We've seen how bad that company can be. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's definitely choosing your battles. But when I find the person who, uh, is adamantly for everything, Chris Benoit, it's like, I don't know, man, maybe, uh, this isn't something you want to stick your uh, flag into because I know some other things that you are a huge fan of, and you don't care that they actually murdered their own child, their own child and wife. Like, come on, man. I might've deleted their comment too. Cause I was just like, yeah, that's a weird little, uh, weird little hill to die on, but okay, whatever. But anyway, uh, and I was kind of like, I didn't necessarily want to go to SeaWorld, but like we looked at like all the big places to go to. It was between that six flags and the San Diego zoo, San Diego zoo would have been fun, but we just went to the, I think I just mentioned this too. Like last week, we, the Toledo zoo recently, we, we went to there so I was like, ah, I didn't necessarily want to go to another full out zoo. Is it the San Diego or the San Antonio? San Antonio. I'm turning into my wife. She kept, she kept calling it San Diego too. Okay. But I would say San Antonio. But yeah, we didn't actually, fuck, if I was in San Diego, I probably wouldn't went to the San Diego zoo just because like, that's a pretty famous zoo. But, um, yeah, I didn't want to go to the San Antonio zoo because we just went to the Toledo zoo and I wasn't sure how I would have felt about six flags, even though like we went to, to sea world, we didn't fly any, or we didn't ride any of those rides. So I don't, I don't think I would like six flags that and fuck the ticket prices for zero fucking a 80 bucks a piece. Wow. Yeah. I wasn't real happy about that, <laughs> but, um, we went, did all that. I think then after that, I wanted to go to this one mall that had a, a wrestling shop in it. Unfortunately, that store closed for the day early because like i mean granted like they were supposed to close at seven we were there at like maybe about 20 till and you know lights were off doors were closed oh that's a bummer yeah so i was like fuck and then like i wanted to go to like some record stores that day but, but at this point like a lot of them were closed so we just uh went out for dinner which was in and out i don't i've realized i've gotten to the point i don't care for in and out i've had it twice now and it was okay uh the, i in my head i call it mid and out it's <laughs> I was literally just going to say, so it's mid. Yeah, it's, it's, I prefer Whataburger. And I, I mean, it kind of got me sold on, on the, 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 the chicken tender sandwich. So I think if I ever happen upon one, 
that will be what I get because I'm a big uh, chicken fan. So yeah, it's like like I said, barbecue sauce and like it's on Texas toast too. It's on like on like a regular bun or nice or bread. Like oh, it is. It's like hands down my favorite. The other big thing that they have there at Whataburger is the patty melt. Like a lot of people I know love the patty melt. I've had it once. I thought it was okay. Maybe it's just not necessarily my type of thing, but I would take the, I would take the Whataburger over it. I would take a lot of the other uh, the other menu items I've had over it, but the barbecue chicken strip sandwich is, ah, that's my fave. Uh, but yeah, In-N-Out, I just wasn't a big fan of. Uh, when I did finally meet my sister and uh, she brought one of her, um, my nephews with her, they both said, I guess California In-N-Out is like a whole lot different than Texas In-N-Out. So I'm like, all right, I'm like, I'm going to take your word for it. And like, if I ever go to California, I'll try in and out there. Like the first time I went, which was, you know, a handful of years ago, Mm -hmm. uh, I got like, I got a double, double and fries and everything, but I didn't know about the whole animal style thing because it's something that's not necessarily on the menu. So this time I got my double, double and fries, both animal style. And yeah, wasn't impressed at all. Uh, Then let me see. Then that night, I like where we've gone with hotel rooms because now like we were able to like stream stuff from, our phone or our accounts. Like I logged into my Google and we watched, um, we watched black phone right there on the hotel TV and didn't cost us any extra. So that was, that was fun. Uh, that movie, was very good. Uh, I've only heard one bad review on it. And then that person, like, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with a lot of their movie takes. So I was fine with it. Right on. Then fast forward now to Sunday, we figured this was going to be the day that, you know, I was going to, meet my sister. We were going to spend like a lot of the day together. Uh, she wanted to get together at four o'clock at this, uh, Brazilian steakhouse, not, uh, Texas day Brazil, but it was actually like a, like kind of a fancy, uh, Brazilian steakhouse. Same thing as, uh, Texas day Brazil, where you have like a little card of like a stop and go card of whether, you know, bring me, you know, you can stop by and bring me food or, you know, I'm, I'm good for right now. Um, but when I looked it up, when she told me like, what the place was called, like even says like business casual recommended. I'm like, Oh fuck. I didn't pack anything business casual. Like I packed fucking camo shorts and a bunch of t-shirts. I ain't got shit to like, I'm going to kind of stick out here, but no, it was, it was fine. So finally meet my sister. Uh, great. Uh, just like sitting over this meal and like talking about a lot of stuff. She told me something about my dad that I did not know about. And it was kind of like, huge news to me that uh, I'll tell you off the air. It's not something I'm just going to throw out right now. But yeah, I was like, Oh fuck. I didn't know about that. But everything like pre me being born, I know very little about with my dad. So this actually made a lot of stuff made sense of his life. Okay. So after that, they were like, Hey, you know what, what else you guys want to do? And it's just like, we left today open. Oh, even before that, uh, since we had time, since we knew like we were meeting at technically reservation, we're at four 30, I was like, oh, good. I got time. Let me pull up Discogs and see like some local record stores that I can go to. And I went to this one that was like in a mall, but it was kind of like set up like in this particular space, like people had booths set up similar to like a flea market. But some of these were a little bit more prominent. I felt like you, you can tell they've been there a lot longer, but it's not like an official size of a store. So I uh, go to this one called CD Sam. And luckily, too, there was like two other stores that. I looked in there within this space. I was like, Ooh, I'm going to have to stop in there too. Cause I got VHS tapes. I got cassettes. They got CDs. I got shit that I want. Uh, went through all these records and all the stuff in CD Sam. And the, the one thing that I bought is something that 
I've wanted and I looked up and it says it's an unofficial release, but I mean, I mean, I own it. So I'm unofficially going to count it. I still might buy a, an official release of it, but, uh, Nirvana's nevermind. That's something that I've wanted on vinyl, but last time I went to target, they didn't even have it. Like, and I searched through every vinyl they had, uh, because it was poorly organized, much like a lot of, uh, big box stores and their vinyl selection. Mm -hmm. So that's the one I decided. There's a couple other things I'm like, ah, I kind of want, they had some kiss albums really cheap, but like one of them was just like scribbled on with marker and everything. Uh, but yeah, that was the one I was like, this is the one, uh, nothing else really here that I want. So yeah, finally picked me up a copy of Nirvana's nevermind. And then was there were reasonably priced, uh, 30 bucks. I want to say it was like 29 99. Mm, that's about what it is new, I guess. So that's not bad. Yeah. It, I mean, it was used, but then when I looked it up on Discogs, it said it was unofficial release and I don't necessarily understand what that means. So I gotta, okay. I gotta look that up. I mean, if I can eventually find the official target re-release that came out recently past like a handful of years, I'll pick that one up. That's that's cause that's still on my list. Cause if I get, I get something like that, I'm like, all right, this is like official. And I have a, I have two copies, which I'm fine with owning multiple copies of albums. I have, on vinyl alone, I got like three copies of Fleetwood Mac's rumor. So is what I it think is. the the Target one has like a different color um, record itself. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's kind of like a selling point of vinyl where a lot of these store exclusives can be different. Like, for example, like I, I mentioned, I have Fleetwood Mac's rumors. I have one that's more of a, an original release where it's black. And I think there's like no barcode on it. So that normally means it's it's an older copy. And then the two, I have two that I bought one at Walmart and the other one that I bought at target, the Walmart one, which I think I like better. It's clear. And I think that looks okay. really, really cool for that album. And the target version is gold, which is still okay. cool. But after I, I bought it and opened it, I'm like, yeah, I kind of prefer the kind of prefer the clear more than anything. So, uh, the, like the two other stores we went to that were in that little, little thing. Um, one of them didn't have like anything that I really wanted. One had like a really good selection of VHS tapes and I was upset that it did not have spice world. Cause they actually had like a good, <laughs> like they, they had like just a ton. And I was like, Oh, they gotta have spice world. If they have all these VHS tapes and they didn't, but they actually had uh, the jazz singer on VHS. So I was like, Oh, I just watched this movie. So I'm gonna buy it now. Well, I'm gonna have me a physical oh, copy. Uh, then after that, well, I, I hit up Discogs again to see like some other places. And I, I picked this one called like Crazy Rhythms. And it was a little bit hard to find because uh, it was, I don't actually I don't know how to explain it. Because it was like one of those things where there was the address and there was like a bunch of units. And it was literally like in the back and the sign was facing the opposite direction. But I knew like the one on the road said it was there. So I was like, all right, I got to look through all this shit and figure out where this shop is. So all right. go in there. Uh, and there I picked up uh, two cassette tapes, uh, both Kiss, one the music from The Elder, and the other one is a cover album that I have some different formats of, and it's called uh, Kiss My Ass, where all these artists cover Kiss songs. Like, I got it on VHS, CD, and now cassette. Now I'm only missing vinyl. I almost picked up another VHS copy at one of those stores, but it was like $10, and I want to say I paid like $10 for the sealed copy I have. So I was like, eh, I'll just get a cheap one somewhere further on down the road. Uh, and then, then after that went out to eat, met my sister, met my, one of my nephews. I do have two nephews and a niece, my niece. Uh, unfortunately my 
one nephew and my niece are in California right now because my sister just recently moved to San Antonio at the beginning of this year and they're trying to uh, get a house here. And like once they get a house, like everybody's going to move. My brother-in-law decided to not come because he just wanted like me to spend time with my sister more than anything. So we did that. After that, she was like, all right, you know, what do you want to do? And it's like, well, we, we kind of did a lot of the stuff that we wanted to do. So like we're open. So we end up, she ended up taking us to like the first cemetery in San Antonio and just to see like, cause I don't, I've ne- not necessarily seen or just went into like an old cemetery. Like I know we have some around here, but really going in there and seeing one that's in like downtown San Antonio and it's kind of crazy to see. And there, she had some like stories about some of the stuff. And after that, we were going to do the river walk, which is really big in San Antonio. Uh, we decided that we were originally going to wait until the next time we come down, but instead, um, she was going to take us on this, this river walk thing. Well, on our way there, we found that they were doing a day of the dead celebration right around the same area. So we did, we ended up doing that instead. And we walked around this like whole place. I mean, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff of Mexican heritage. You saw a lot of altars, um, for like people in their family or even some for just like certain people in San Antonio. Really cool to see. Like I'm someone who enjoys learning about other cultures. And I, I know I was a huge fan of watch, watching Coco and like everything that came with that. I think the proper word for the altar is like a, the ofrenda. So that was really cool. Then, you know, there's live music, people dressed up. We ended up coming across uh, and this was perfect because like my, my sister was looking at a lot of the, a lot of the merch that they had there for stuff of like people selling t-shirts and everything. I even bought Amanda, like a shirt with a Spanish saying on it. And I was like, eh, like not necessarily for me, nothing really stuck out, but I'm like, if we're here and there's a lot of Mexican things, somebody has Mexican wrestling masks and I want to see what they have. Sure. Shit. I found that booth <laughs> and they had a lot of like, they had, it was basically like, you know, Ray Mysterio's mask. And then they would have like, NFL team colors and the logo on it. So like I found the Browns one, got the Browns one. And then I was looking like, okay, they have more than just the Rey Mysterio NFL masks. They have to have other stuff. And there's certain like Mexican wrestlers that I recognize their masks, but I might not know their name. So I see all those and I'm like, eh, like nothing really sick. I was kind of curious. Like, do you have like an El Generico or do you have probably not the best example, but blue blazer, like some people like that, that I know that aren't, you know, want, weren't hundred percent luchador. Right. But what I found and, uh, should say truth be told, my sister bought everything that we got there. She didn't want us to spend any money, but I had noticed a mask that looked kind of familiar and I turned it around and I was like, Ooh, and the worker there was like, Oh yeah, that's and before they could say it. I was like psycho clown. So my sister bought me a psycho clown mask and, uh, actually a psycho clown, uh, mask keychain, which was kind of cool. But, uh, after that, we just, just nice. did, we just did a more walking around of that area. It was, you know, really, like I said, really fun to experience uh, all that. Really great to meet my sister. And I, th- I threw it out there. And I've only thrown it out right now on uh, GoFundMe for people who, who help support this trip. Like it all in all, like what I spent for hotel, uh, airfare and rent a car was like close to 1900. I raised $800 on GoFundMe and an additional 100 some through like PayPal and Venmo. So li- almost half the trip was paid for by people donating. And I really appreciate that. 
Yes. If I, you know, if I ever go back down, I, I'm probably not going to run a GoFundMe. It's just a lot of, there's a lot of bills going on right now. And right now I got like another year on my car to pay, which we rented a Toyota Camry and it was like a newer Toyota Camry. I don't know if it was brand new, but it was newer. And I was like, oh, I wanted this because it actually had like, <laughs> it had, it had Apple CarPlay and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, oh, like this is so much better than my car. <laughs> so I think when my, uh, my, uh, payment when I'm I have, when I own the car in full, I might go back and not get a brand new one, just get a slightly newer year that just has CarPlay. Cause that's like probably one of my biggest selling points where it was like, if my car had CarPlay and I think some of the other features, like it wouldn't be a totally big issue for me, but I was like, yeah, that that's like a nice little feature to have for like going places and be able to like see the map on the screen and everything. So yeah. Well, I'm glad you had fun on your trip and you got to meet your sister and, and all that kind of stuff and, and have a good time. Uh, do you think we should talk about the wrestling show now? <laughs> hey, you brought up my fucking trip. And I, I did. did. <laughs> I did. And that's why I'm like, uh, let's transition. <laughs> uh, side note on the way home. What was it? What did I watch on the way home? Uh, I, because we went to the Day of the Dead Festival, I was like, I'm in the mood to watch Coco. Yeah, I'm in the middle to cry in public. And I did a little bit. And then, uh, because it was Halloween, we were flying home on the 31st. I watched Halloween three. Nice. So yeah, I was, I was starting to watch GI Joe, uh, snake eyes, but I wasn't getting fully into it. I'm like, I'm just gonna have to say this for another day. It's not, it's just, I literally would just watched it for the action set pieces. I didn't pay attention to like any of the story cause I knew that they didn't do it justice. So, okay. Well, I'm not huge into GI Joe, so I just heard good things about it. So all right, yeah, let's let's get into this uh, review. I feel like we're the AW podcast because so, they'll, they'll spend like a lot of time talking about other things before they get into like shout outs, man. Talking about the, do all the shout outs, <laughs> do the shout outs, shout outs to the to San Antonio, shout outs to Whataburger, shout out to people at the San Antonio rent a car that allowed us still to rent the car and all that shit, and another shout out to Whataburger because they're so damn good. Oh, and we got we got Whataburger one more time. Before we left, we got their breakfast and it was like their honey butter chicken biscuit, which everybody talks about. Yeah, it was pretty fucking good. And the only other place we went to food wise, we, we hit a lot of like fast food places, but it's like fast food places you can't get here. We went to Jack in the Box and had um, some tacos. And it's only because we needed something to tide us over because it was Sunday to tide us over till we met my sister and going to a Brazilian steakhouse. We wanted to have a good appetite for it. I had had Jack in the Box once before, but I couldn't remember if I liked it or not. It's just, I had it once, like 2015, 14 or 15, so it had been a while. Now, let's get into this show. And uh, I dressed up, uh, trying to find that fucking costume was a pain in the ass. I dressed up as a trick-or-treater from Halloween 3. A lot of people thought I was the fucking (laughs) dancing pumpkin dude meme. Yeah. Which I could see, but at the same time, like, that's a silver shamrock mask. Like, that should be the... No, no, we're in a meme culture, brother. That's that's the first thing everybody's going to think of. They're not going to think of, you know, the the Halloween 3. Like, now, maybe if there was three people that had the three masks, they might have even said, like, something ridiculous and be like, oh, you guys are the, the McDonald's uh, buckets. Like, <laughs> that's people just McDonald's. don't... It doesn't click for people, like... Uh, I did see a shirt that has that where it's the three sh- silver shamrock masks, but it's their, the McDonald's pails. Like it was on a shirt. I thought it was really cool. Like a cool crossover. Yeah. The only difference uh, is the ghost and the skeleton. The other two are pretty yeah. much the same. 
but yeah, that I uh, that's cool. I was at the show as well. I went as the Invisible Man. Uh, <laughs> obviously, my costume was excellent because nobody saw me. So you went to the show naked. I mean, you know, uh, shit happens when you party naked. So yeah. And you didn't eat or drink anything before going there or while there because that would have exposed you. Exactly. Interesting. Put that I on mean, the record. I went all out for the costume. It was, it was. I had to commit to the bit. So. Uh, the three people that won. Uh, one was dressed as Raven. The other one was dressed as Bill Alfonso. And I forget what the other person was dressed like. There were a lot of wrestling ones, and that made me go, oh. Maybe I should have did Macho Man because anybody who showed up as Macho Man, I would look better than. Like I had a lot more official things like uh, whether it be the sunglasses, the bandana, whatever. But going as the trick-or-treaters from uh, Halloween 3 was minimal, and I like that. Like I had less to worry about. Right. And uh, like I was saying, like I, it was a hard time for me to find that mask because that mask was like buried in one of my closets like under some empty boxes. And I thought everything I like, I thought the empty boxes were like the bottom of the, the closet. So I like looked over them when I was looking for it on Wednesday and I was actually getting pissed. I'm like, I can't find this motherfucker. Like, I know I seen it like a handful of months ago. I just don't know where it's at. And I was like, I'm going to have to like tear this closet apart and like pull everything out. And that's what I did. And there it was at the fucking bottom. So <laughs> I almost posted a picture like me because I did that day prior to going to the show. I wore my Macho Man shirt. As a tease, like I was going to be Macho Man, but I never, never made a post about it. Anyway, that's all the pre-show stuff and my trip. So let's get into the first match. Dexter's uh, laying on the soundboard and uh, he has his head right by the record button. Let's see if he uh, turns off the one recorder this week. He's already caused enough trouble. The uh, show started off with Todd Lance versus Bert dangle so that was tyson riggs as todd lance and brian carson as bert dangle uh thoughts on these particular personas so uh i'm gonna tell brian carson that he gets a one out of five from me uh that was a a weak attempt at a halloween costume uh do better next year um, as far as Tyson Riggs goes, I'm going to give him a three out of five because he at least had somewhat of a fun character there. Um, I think he could have done more to, to flesh it out a little bit, but it was, it was okay. At least he kind of tried. I think they told him to be a biker and then he just was that kind of biker not like a, a biker, like that rides a Harley. And I think that's really funny. I mean, with the name Todd Lance, Lance Armstrong. So, like, I think that's where he was going with it. Yeah, yeah. I, I was making a joke. <laughs> see, it was a super. It was a super troopers joke. See, you should have gave Bert Dangle a two out of five because if you do the math, that would be four out of ten. <laughs> see, I I liked Bert Dangle because this is like a side of Carson we I would say we don't normally see. He was, Bert Dangle was funny and uh, very enjoyable. I don't know if he could stand being a, an Eagles fan every show, but for one night only, I thought that was fun. Any other thoughts on these costumes? Uh, no. And we should probably say, like, I know in the preview, we thought there was going to be a lot of, you know, a little bit more of like, 
a costume idea of like people dressing as more notable names, whether it be in wrestling or, or what else. We did find out later, uh, according to the IW podcast, they, they weren't necessarily going to go that route. And there's a lot of worrying about not trying to step on any intellectual properties and copyrights and all that kind of stuff, which I'll bring up later. There was one thing that I thought they could have went a different route with, like sticking to what they had, but they could have called it something else and been perfectly fine. But uh, we'll we'll get to that later. Starting off with, you know, Todd Lance and Burt Dangle. I, I, I did like Burt Dangle. I thought it was kind of funny. I didn't care as much for Todd Lance because I felt like it's the same Tyson Riggs character, but as a cyclist instead of like martial arts, not, like nothing felt different to me for it. So, yeah, that's why I mean, like he could have commended a little bit better, but other than that, I thought it was all right. Bert Dangle, uh, pin Todd Lance for the win. Uh, let's move on to the next one. One thing that I will mention that I didn't think was going to be that big of an issue for me doing the live tweeting, but not not being able to see the graphics for a bunch of people that I technically don't know what they were going under became a little harder throughout the night. Some people like, well, technically even going back to like the last match with Bert Dangle, I spelled it B E R T. It was spelled B U R T kind of minor. You still got, you get the point, but I think too, with this next match, which ended up being, I wrote down first Einsteiner versus Billy Poindexter, but I got at the closing of the match that it was Eins Steiner. Still something minor, but still there, there was there was other points I did throughout the night where I didn't necessarily catch names or I might have wrote down the wrong name at first. So going back to this, you had Aiden von England as Einsteiner and uh TKD as Billy Poindexter. And the idea here was Einsteiner comes out and he has this math equation that like needs to be solved. Like, and we're all too dumb to figure it out. And two, uh, I don't know if it was on commentary. It's something that uh, Steiner pointed out to the crowd, like, right. Cause I was right there by the entrance that the entrance theme was a math equation. And I thought that that's a little like detail that you don't normally see in these situations. So he comes out, Hey, you know, who can, who can answer this? Nobody's smart enough. Might've been like a delay of when, Billy Poindexter was supposed to come out, but he does a little nerd looking fella TKD and uh, he's able to solve it. And then that ends up turning into uh, a match. So what were your thoughts on Eins Steiner and Billy Poindexter? Uh, I'm going to give them each a uh, two out of five. Um, I think your rating should be a math equation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, jokes on you because I'm terrible at math. So that just will not work out. Um, no, I, I thought that they at least had like a fun gimmick going into the match, um, which was cool. Uh, but yeah, uh, I wasn't like super impressed with like the characters. So again, I was going to say like being early in the show, I'm fine with some of these characters. Cause I think as we went on characters got stronger. So it, it helped. I think people got more comfortable too. I think like there's, there was a lot of good ideas in Einsteiner. Um, I think it was probably one of the better thought out ones on the card. Agree. Uh, so maybe my, my rating is, is unfair. Maybe I'd, I'd bump it up to maybe a three or four out of five. 
uh, just because how much thought actually went into it. Like that's what I was kind of looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, like the point Dexter thing. I mean, that's like an old school, like, I mean, yeah. you know, I, whatever, but uh, yeah, like I, I guess I could probably give that, you know, a little bit more uh, credit, uh, especially with, you know, like you said that now that you've mentioned that the, the entrance was that, and then, you know, they kind of did a little takeoff of like being a f- related to uh, Scott Steiner and it was, it was kind of fun. So, uh, yeah. And a Steiner that's good at math, which I don't know I mean, if Scott's good at math. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't add up when you do all the, when you do all the math, <laughs> he says he's good, but it doesn't add up to being good. So I, that's something that I pointed out, uh, later in the match. Cause something I did kind of get, I'm like, Oh, that's funny. Like, 33 and a third chance that it's good. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Billy Poindexter, I think like it's one of those things that it's set up perfect for this match. Right. Is this something that I'm going to want to see later on? Probably not. But keeping a lot of these programs like stuck to just this show, perfectly fine with it. Uh, it was Heinz Steiner beating Poindexter with what I believe was referee stoppage. Let's move on to the next one. Here's where things got a little like confusing for me. We had the weirdster come out, not necessarily being announced, but he starts reading a poem that I somewhat recognize. So I figured, oh, this is we're going to get kind of more of a costume thing of where he's going to be Dennis Stamp. And maybe he said it at the end of the poem. Instead of saying Dennis Stamp, it was Evan Stamp. But that's what I found out later. It was Evan Stamp. Yes. So, okay, I kind of get it. And then this is where I think AIW could have went by calling it what it was. You then had the werewolf come out who I ended up finding out later was known as Timber. I don't know if this was something explained on commentary of why he was called Timber, but like if you want to stay away from like intellectual properties and copyright, you would have been fine with calling him the werewolf because the werewolf is uh, public domain, I believe at this point. It just can't be the universal monster werewolf if it's just uh, werewolf, I think you're fine in that situation because everything that the Universal Monsters were based off are I, 99% sure is public domain now. So he could have just flat out been the werewolf. And I thought that would have been really so, something to go with later on because we did have someone come out with a creature mask on, but I'm fine with that being called what it was. But I thought like, oh, we can get more like Universal Monsters characters just as like AIW. And I, I thought that'd be fun. No, we also had the universe. We had uh, the Invisible Man there too. So you know, that's that's three. Yeah. So yeah, uh, like I said, Evan Stamp reads a Dennis Stamp poem. And if I'm correct, I think it's the one that he read on the Art of Wrestling when he uh, had that interview with Colt. Read, or maybe it's even a AIW YouTube video. I know, like, there's I've heard that poem before, and it's one of the two. Uh, what were your thoughts on uh, these characters? I'm going to give Evan Stamp a a five out of five. And I'm going to give Timber the werewolf a a three out of five. Are you happy Timber didn't come out to a long entrance? Um, Yeah, you know, uh, that's uh, I was impressed. I I got to make a joke later on because honestly, uh, I didn't I watching at home uh, wasn't really following along with your uh, Twitter so I didn't know who was who until I decided to go and see if like you knew and then I could see that you had everybody listed so I could see who was actually who because on TV you really couldn't tell you couldn't again like you couldn't even tell the size difference with uh, 
other things that came up about later on. So, I mean, you, there's a lot that you miss uh, on the television compared to being there in person. So some of the wrestlers did kind of give hints online of what they would be. And this was one of them. Uh, it was Austin James as the werewolf. Cause he's, he did tweet something about like, I hope there's not a full moon tonight. And it's something that like I seen, I didn't put a lot of thought into, but when he came out, I felt like it looked like him under the mask. And there were some points that I don't know if it showed on IWTV where the mask came off and you could clearly see it was him. But um, I thought that was a nice little touch of when you got tweets like that. And almost everybody, for me, was easy to tell who they were. There was even later on in the night, someone thought a wrestler was somebody else. But at the end of the match, their mask does come off and I was proven right. But we'll get to that later. I, I, I like the werewolf. Kind of liked it more than Evan Stamp. Maybe I wanted to see more commitment from the Weirdster. To me, like, all he did, like, Dennis Stamp was read the poem. Maybe he did dress up similar to him, but, like, I don't think Dennis Stamp has, like, a, an iconic look. So, in this one, I'm preferring the werewolf over, or Timber versus uh, Evan Stamp. And it was Evan Stamp pinning Timber for the win. Let's move on to the next one. Next up, we had Pickaxe Pete versus Open Tab Tommy Tequila. So that was the Duke versus Vic Vice. I refer to him as Pickaxe Pete. Um, really uh, working your brain to come up with that one. Yeah, you know, I got a bunch of likes on Twitter for it. So whatever. Ah, cool. And uh, Tommy Tequila would have been a really great opponent. Uh if there would have been a serial killer on this show, and that's all I'll say about that. Uh, Costume-wise, I'm going to go see Vic Vice committed to the bit of being drunk and trying to drink alcohol throughout the match. So I'm going to give him a three out of five. Uh, you know, the Duke uh, the Duke was, was all right as a... Uh, a hardworking man that, you know, he supposedly loathes. Uh, so uh, I'm going to give him a three out of five as well. I I enjoyed pickaxe Pete here. And then like coming out with the dirt boys, it, it was something that is just total opposite of what they normally do. So I, I felt like for this, it worked. And this is kind of where I felt like we learned like all tag teams were staying together there wasn't going to be any breaking up. It wasn't going to be like, you know, Bitcoin versus Bitcoin or PME facing would, each other. Would you, would you like to know the connection that their characters actually have to their other characters? Because there is a connection there. So them being the Bitcoin boys, uh, one of the things that people do is mine for Bitcoin and they were miners. So that's, that was kind of the, the inside deal with that. If, if you didn't catch it there, there was a joke that I had uh, someone else yell because I didn't want to yell it. Um, if you remember back with the Duke, like on his tights, like we we're talking like 10 years ago, if not longer, where he would have on his tights, like I only date tens or something like that. So I, I, I found a way for it to work for this. Uh, exactly where you're going with it. Yeah. I found out a way for it to work for this whole thing. Cause there's, there's times where people yell like, Hey, do you, do you still only date tens? And I was like, I wonder if he's, he only dates minors. Yeah. So I didn't want to yell that. So 
notorious AIW yeller next to me decides to yell uh-huh. instead. But uh-huh. he, uh, he changed it up to like, do you dig miners? And I'm like, eh, kind of the same thing. But oh boy, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of ways you can go with the whole miner thing. So yeah, yeah, it, uh, that uh, that second part dawned on me after the fact because uh, there was a, a joke made on uh, IW Guide a while back where they were. Uh, something was said about uh, miners, or no, actually, it was I take that back? It was on um, if you catch my grift. Something was said like somebody said like fuck miners, and then like they didn't realize what they said, and then it was just like wait what? And uh, it was a whole big thing. It was really funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's so. one of those things that it it can be confusing if it's in audio format, but if like right. if it's in a text format. Because those miners are spelt differently. Right. You can make the jokes and be like, no, I'm talking about, you know, people that go out in the mines, the miners. Right. So I, I, that was, that was the little inside thing to why they, I think why they were what they were. So nonetheless, it was fun. I think Mm -hmm. of the night, if I were to put a, make a top three, I would put pickaxe Pete and the dirt boys, like as one, somewhere on that list and I'll get to when we get to the dirt boys match later uh there was a crazy thing that happened and I don't know if it showed on camera but I saw it from my point of view and it looked cool as fuck and I unfortunately did not get a picture or video of it because I wasn't expecting it to happen but uh this for me was like a setup for the second half of the show to where the next two matches have like kind of callbacks for where we're going to start building some things that we're going to see at the end of the show. So it was uh, Pete pinning Tommy for the win. What did they call the Duke driver? I have no idea. I don't remember. The minor driver. I don't know. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm here to review costumes because I do not remember a goddamn thing about any of the matches because it was not a work rate show. It was a comedy show and I fucking loved it. Yeah, uh, fine. Let's move on to the next one. Next up, we had Swamp Man versus Hilljack, and it was Joshua Bishop as Swamp Man versus Hilljack. Allegedly. <laughs> Maybe. We, we don't know for sure. Kind of covered body, but what I believe to be Joshua Bishop and uh, Hilljack, uh, Sam Holloway. I love the idea of Swamp Man. Yes, they did do uh, the creature mask and as much as I would like to have seen it being something like closer to the creature for this, it worked. It also had a hook for a hand. So, yes. so that, that was uh, fun as well. And then seeing like a little bit more personality from uh hill or uh, Sam Holloway, AKA Hilljack was pretty fun too. thoughts on these characters. I'm going to go uh, five out of five for the swamp man. And for Hilljack, I'm going to go, uh, Three out of five, I think. Have any of these uh, gimmicks something you would like to see again? So far, no. Okay. In fact, there was only one the entire night that I would like to see on a more permanent basis. It was uh, Swamp Man winning via referee stoppage. After this, we went to... Or no, we did not go to intermission. We went to intermission after, did we? Fuck, I thought I had it written... I thought intermission was after this. I could be wrong. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we, we went to intermission. Sure it was. Yeah, no, normally I put, uh, like, comes back from intermission, but I had a lot of 
tweeting stuff going on to where I just kept going. So uh, we did go to intermission, but we came back with this one. And the first half, the second half starts off with a fun one. If I, if I got the name right, it was El Ninjos versus the Gravediggers. It was members only versus the production. And, uh, this was the first time we had, uh, we had somebody come back to AIW of uh, El Ninja Uno. So it was uh, El Ninja Uno and El Ninja Dose, and I think it was Gravedigger 1 and Gravedigger 2. I believe so. Uh, but that was fun to see. Match, uh, might, match might have went on for maybe about five minutes or so, if that. And then all of a sudden, right to censors music hits. And I look at them like, it better be who I think it is. It's fucking nine to five. And they are nine to censor. This turned into a triple threat match. In this moment right here, I was fucking dying because I said on the preview that I wanted like nine to five to come out as themselves. It'd be like, no, this is stupid, blah, blah, blah. But instead they do go with a costume, but they go with something that's close to what nine to five is. And I felt like that was perfect. So as soon as they come out and then especially when they, they announce that their name is, nine to censor and then what their uh their gimmick names were for this particular show like i'm fucking there by the entrance way dying laughing like huge pot for me thoughts on uh, all three of these teams so uh el ninjos i'm gonna go uh two out of five only because they both had Rey mysterio masks and they could have used uh, different masks i think that would have been cooler um, grave diggers. I'm going to go, uh, four out of five. Bias as fuck. Face paint. <coughs> Sorry. I thought I was on mute. What? Thought I was on mute. Sorry. Uh, I like the face paint. Uh, I like the outfits, uh, and nine to censor. I'm going to give them five out of five. Cause that was funny. If there's a way to use them, like that was spot on. Yeah. As soon as I heard the music, I knew it was them. I'm like, oh, this is, this is too funny. Just looking at the pictures, I'm laughing. It was uh, the Gravediggers that picked up the win via pinfall. That was one thing with like the results I didn't bother doing of like putting, like especially with this match of like who pinned who. Like it was Derek pinning or Derek and Ziggy pinning, I think, one of the members of Nine to Censor. I just can't tell who. Like even from the picture, and I was like, I'm not doing this aspect of it. So like a lot of the result tweets, I just kind of like put who won type thing. Didn't even tag whoever the actual wrestler was let's uh move on to the next one see i gotta make sure i didn't fuck up i think i did i did fuck up the tweet swaggy b versus dj skull crusher so it was shaw mason versus what somebody thought on twitter was um casey carrington but I'm going to say this, we haven't seen Casey Carrington in AIW for a number of months. And I, early in the day, I did see Riley Rose. And even with like this kind of gimmick where you're, you have a mask on, you have a hood on, you have like all these things to cover up who you are, except for your hands. I kind of went with like certain mannerisms. And for me, I'm like, this looks like Riley Rose. At the end of the match, he ends up taking off the mask and, you know, we see it's Riley Rose. Or technically, you know, DJ Skullcrusher unmasking. But nonetheless, that is who it was. Thoughts on Swaggy B 
versus DJ Skullcrusher. Uh, Swaggy B gets a five out of five from me. Um, takes a lot of balls to do that character, uh, and I think he did it well. Uh, DJ Skullcrusher, um, for somebody who doesn't really wrestle with a mask, uh, I thought they did pretty decent with the mask on. I'm going to give him a three out of five. Yeah, that's something I know that Riley Rose tweeted after the show about how he doesn't know how, like, there's wrestlers that do it every single match, and here he is, you know, doing it one match, and he's like, ah, fuck, this is hard enough for me. Uh, I love Swaggy P. I think I just have to not, uh, I can't, I gotta stop expecting Shaw Mason to be a heel, because that never works out. So, uh, nonetheless, I will say this, like, I didn't know who it was, like, obviously when they first came out, just like when the music hits, because we, we don't know who's who, but when, like, some people that I know who were, like, big Shaw Mason fans and they start going nuts. I'm like, all right, that's Shaw Mason. <laughs> like this is his gimmick. All right. So um yeah that I I I enjoyed that uh that take on it and having the music connection here between them, which I was told was explained on commentary, kinda kinda worked too, but it was a uh, swaggy uh pinning skull crusher for the win. Let's move on to the next one. We got the Dirt Boys versus Dancing Season in a coal miner's glove on a pole match. It was Bitcoin Boys versus Bulking Season. And uh, this, the tag matches so far this night were fucking awesome. And this was no, no exception. We got the Dirt Boys being who they are. Then you got like Bulking Season coming out in like, you know, tutus and everything like this was entertaining as fuck. Thoughts on these two teams? Uh, Dirt Boys, I'm going to give a four out of five uh, over Pickaxe Pete. Uh, and uh, Dancing Season is going to get a five out of five. And they are the only gimmick change that I would like to see going forward. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I think Arthur has kind of openly said like I think they could also annoying. wear kilts and I would be okay with it. And they could be Scottish season. <laughs> okay. Highlight of this match for me. So we have a moment towards the end where I think this is when the ref was maybe the ref was knocked out. You had a member of bulking season in the corner right in front of me and they had a chair in front of them and you had Eric Taylor grabbing a pickaxe and he goes to swing it and then he ends up hitting the chair. I don't know if this picked up on fight, but from my point of view behind the chair, uh, as the pickaxe went through it, there was a spark and that made that look cool as fuck. Mm. But like I said, I didn't expect that to happen. Wasn't taking a video, wasn't taking a picture, but like that was like an, Oh fuck moment when it happened in a, in a good way. Not like, Oh fuck. Like somebody's injured, but obviously since like, you know, no one actually got struck with the pickaxe just to see that that spark and then see the pickaxe sticking right through the, the chair. It's like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. It was a uh, dancing season winning via pinfall. Let's move on to the next one. Next up, we had Bobby Buick coming out with a little bit of, of uh, a stand up routine. Uh, maybe Steve Guy can take some notes versus Gabagool. AKA, AKA Dominic Guarini. And of course, when a Bobby Buick comes out, like, I don't, I don't know how to take this. He's the first guy out. Good guy, bad guy. 
comes out, goes to shake my hand and gives me the, ah, you mook, something along those lines. I got cap on after the show, went for a handshake and I pulled back. But nonetheless, it, uh, to see this side of Kaplan was very fun. We see this fucking madman Kaplan all the time. This had a little bit of comedy to it, obviously with the show, but uh, just being a complete dick, I thought it was great. And uh, obviously Kaplan cool. That was great too. Uh, thoughts on these personas? Uh, I'm going to give both five out of five. I thought they were both excellent. I laughed really hard um, when they both came out. Uh, I thought it, both were excellent. Uh, it just they were they were they were what I was expecting. Like I wanted more of uh, stuff like this. <laughs> that was Dexter hitting the soundboard. I'm keeping that in. Oh, now you're going to lay on the soundboard. Nope, no, you're not. Fuck you too, cat. <laughs> Dexter did not like Gabagool. Um, nonetheless, yeah, uh, this worked so well. And like, like I said, like I feel like the second half of the show was very strong, and even kind of going into like those first two matches before intermission, like we're really starting to like build up. These characters are getting stronger. Um, Unnecessarily more thought was put into them, but they like fit better, bigger reactions. I think maybe we were also come more getting more comfortable with what we were going to expect. So it was a little bit like you get them first couple matches, you really don't know what you're going to get, yeah. and then it kind of like once you get those through, and you're like, okay, I guess, yeah, let's let's. I mean, once you get dancing season and you're laughing your ass off because like every everybody loved that, and some of the other characters too. Even pr- prior to that, like yeah, we're we're definitely getting into it more. I think the cool thing with someone like Dom is I saw Dom, I think at the beginning of the show, maybe at intermission and he had no face paint on. So here, here he comes out as Gabagool with some face paint. So it's just like, Oh, that's cool. Like you, you kind of hid something from us. Like Derek, right. I think I saw during the first half, like walk around. Cause obviously with that face paint and everything, like it's, it's somewhat noticeable. Uh, but nonetheless, and we didn't mention about those two. It's like, you have one being, I like turtles and the other one being uh, from the karate kid. I thought that was great. <laughs> It was a Gabagool pinning Buick for the win. Now let's get into the main event. This was one of the spots of the night that I will openly admit that since I didn't necessarily catch names, I was going to Twitter and looking for people posting uh, screen grabs of the names so I can get these names right. Uh, We had, believe it or not, Deadliest C, which was PME, Versus the deadliest catch, which was Wes Barkley and wait, Josh Bishop again, working two matches. Okay, I guess. Uh, can we can we say how? Um, I don't know where they bought those uh, raincoats and pants from, but uh, they 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 were somewhere on the cheap end because those fuckers barely lasted five minutes in between both Wes and Bishop. So, uh, a great thing that did get picked up on fight, uh, and you probably heard it too in the audience. I think we're on the microphone for it, uh, was Steve guy was dressed as a pirate and, uh, the Cowboys lassoed him and said, Oh, pirate that doesn't get any booty. And, uh, that was pretty funny. Two things about that. Number one, uh, right. Like I'm telling you literally, Within seconds before, like some of those lines were said, I looked to the person next to me and I'm like, they really fucked up 
on having him being Steve the Pirate from uh, Dodgeball. Because I'm noticing, like, <laughs> there were a handful of people, like, non-wrestlers that were kind of more dressed up, like, for Halloween. So I thought that would work really well. Like, you had one of the referees being Red Shoes. Uh, you had... I saw a photo of a referee with a zebra head on, which I thought was pretty funny. You also had a, a commentator dressed as, like, an Ohio State Buckeyes coach. I think it was a one in particular, but I couldn't tell you. So I thought, like, oh, okay, like, Steve could have been Steve the Pirate. Like, been fine. And I'm telling you, seconds after I say that, fucking Philly uh, Lasso or PME Lasso's Steve and calls him Steve the Pirate. And I'm like, well, there you go. Like, within seconds. So that's the first part. The second part is I was talking to PME after the show, and uh, supposedly that was uh, a completely made-up line from Philly that no one knew about. So that was not planned. And it went over really well. But yeah, I did... uh, did obviously catch that that was a fun fun little bit i think especially too with trying to add more of the, the characters of who the who deadliest c was i'm i'm guessing it's supposed to be like the deadliest cowboys but they wanted to go with the deadliest catch so they said deadliest c i don't know thoughts yeah, i'm not sure what that was about um so I like them as cowboys. I'm going to give them uh, four out of five. And uh, for deadliest catch, who we had seen previously, I'm going to also give them four out of five. I thought that was uh, fun to bring them characters back. Um, I don't know. Would you like to see PME as cowboys all the time? The more I think about it, the more I think that might be kind of fun. I don't know. Team them with Manders or something. I don't know. <laughs> I think for this show, it definitely worked. And I like them coming out with finger guns and the bandanas and doing like a slow walk. Like, I, I don't know. I thought that was like, that was entertaining for me. Just minor, minor shit. I would, I would give the deadliest catch a four, but I think with the uh, very cheap outfits, I would go down to a three. Because <laughs> like I said, those fuckers I did can't not last. I can't blame them for that. I mean, that's, that's not their fault. Who, who knows where they got those from? I mean, probably wish. <laughs> They came, they came fresh from the ocean to have this match. And, you know, that just, unfortunately, those that gear is made for uh, being on a boat, not for being in a wrestling ring. I'm, I'm pretty sure they, the, the uh, what do you even call it? The pants and coats also came from straight from the sea, but they came from, uh, from Wish in China. So <laughs> that's what happens when you uh, get something like that. Probably, you know, took them like one month shipping and all that kind of shit. But they only paid like three dollars. <laughs> <laughs> you had Bishop not really wearing much under it, just his fucking underwear. Wes wearing his like normal attire. You have people yelling for rooting for Wes like openly. And I'm like a couple times I was like, who the fuck's Wes? Uh seeing the graphic online, I I figured that uh Wes was Frankie Finn. Uh but uh Bishop was so caught up in it and he forgot what name it was. So he kept calling him like Fisherman West or something. Nonetheless, like for this being, cause I was trying to figure out like, okay, like I said something like early in the show, like how the fuck do you have a main event for a show like this? Because we're not supposed to know like anybody on the card. So, and like, obviously no titles are on the line. So like what's going to be main event worthy. And it comes down to rip city shooters as deadliest catch a, from an AIW standpoint, you know, those two are main eventers. But you also have the fact of, like, they had been seen before. Granted, not an AIW ring or close to it. You know, it was 
JCW. So like, but there's still something with them that make them a reason to be main event. And then, and then you have, uh, I don't know whether you want to call it music, but you have the Swamp Man's music hits and out he comes. So that pull throws a whole wrench in like, is he Josh Bishop? Who, who is Swamp Man? But he comes out, helps out the deadliest catch and deadliest catch win via pinfall. And then we have the whole total lack of kayfabe and keeping characters where Wes Barkley cuts a promo or a Frankie Finn cuts a promo on Eric Stevens. So that's how we ended the show. Thoughts on the show as a whole. Uh, It was uh, cheesy in the best way. And uh, I hope they do it again next year. If they do do it again next year, I'm looking for someone with a witch uh, mask from Halloween three with their Ed bats did have uh, a skeleton mask, but he didn't really wear it much, but he should, he did show it to me. So if we found a third person, we could all three be the trick or treaters, or I just go as a completely different costume. It seems like the wrestling ones won. So maybe that's when I pull out all the macho man stuff. I don't know, but I think, I know like a lot of people are wanting this to be a yearly thing, but we got to remember to like Halloween jumps and you know, it's always going to be like probably either before, like rarely is it going to be on actual Halloween kind of like obviously like this year. So Cause I know a lot of people like talking about like, Oh, we'd have it every Halloween. It's like, yeah, but it's going to have to be like the Thursday before like this. These, these are a Thursday show. It's not like black Friday. That's always on, you know, Friday. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It's, but yeah, yeah. Nonetheless, if we, we plan like a Halloween show every year at the Winchester on Thursday before, maybe if a Thursday after, depending on if it's like Wednesday, I think that that would be fun as hell. And uh, yeah, they said like, you know, tickets before this were doing pretty good. I didn't buy mine until door. And I know like, I think Pam and Stacy were the same way. So like we had a lot of people show up for this show and like really not knowing what to expect. I'm a huge fan of shows like this. My only drawback was the live tweeting. It's something I did not think of because every time we've had a mystery show, at least I know who that person was. And now it's, you know, I have to like learn all these people, but maybe, you know, a lot of these characters stay the same for next year. So it's going to be a little bit easier to remember. Um, Eventually, I'm going to sit down and watch this on uh, Fight, but um, be somewhere down the road. But I think this will be a fun rewatch, much like No Sleep Up Brooklyn is. And I think that's the funny thing, too. Something we were talking about, I think, before the show or intermission, I was talking with somebody and we were we were comparing it to No Sleep Up Brooklyn. And it's just like, like, well, look at that show. Like, yeah, you had like Cole Cabana, Kikotaro, Tracy Smothers, Grado. And the person I was talking to said, like, yeah, like, you know, all those guys could be funny, but you know, they could, they could really work too. And I'm like, yeah, except Tracy Smothers. Like he gave you what he got at, at, at that point. Like not a, not a knock on the man, but like he gave you what he could, but his matches are, you, you got what you would definitely expect it from him. But nonetheless, you know, Kikitaro, Kokobana, Grado, like there was more to them than just comedy. And I felt like that's kind of what was the show too. We didn't go necessarily go over the matches, but went over the costumes. But I, when I spent literally like half of this episode talking about my San Antonio trip, Sorry if you didn't want to hear about it, but that was part of my weekend. Uh, but yeah, definitely something I hope we have yearly going forward, especially after like not having any Halloween shows like ever. So this is a fun thing to uh, jump into. Any final thoughts or last minute words before we go? Uh, check out if you catch my grift and uh, the indie wrestling guide and follow me on Twitter at Charlie underscore butters. And of course you can find myself at J Summers 330 on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. Much you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
Facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, Twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, and Instagram.com slash wrestling cheers. Email if you so choose desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com. Like I said earlier in the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. Your Everless is fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, or Podbean, wrestlingcheers.podbean.com. And all of those links are in the show notes and under the link tree link check out our podcast friends such as pod van dam super fantastic podcast it's evolution baby the indie cast sobros network biff radio game works podcast powerbomb jitsu spotlight series fully posable positively pro wrestling iwtv guide if you catch my grift at odds with wrestling marks with mics x over the pal driver podcast tornado tag podcast the Uncut Wrestling Podcast. This ends at prom and porch talk and check out our other non-podcasting friends such as The Mystery Men, Redline Radio, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, VHS Party Tonight on Instagram, Danger Zone Video in Juliet, Tennessee, Heart of Gold, Toy Hire Toy Show, Time Capsule Toys, Stay Tough, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, JCP Designs, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name. Unless you're the Swamp Man, and we don't know who you really are. Later. It's the Wrestling Cheers. Get up on your feet, praying in your day, in the middle of the week, and you gotta love the show, yeah you know it holds a title for the best podcast, talking wrestling in Ohio, finishing a cold one, take a load off, we ain't all about the prohibition like Josh, so we cheers, and then we sit back, other shows are in the trash, kinda like they Nick Stapp, like the name is Matt Justice, wearing all the gold, wrestling cheers is coming to a close the number one podcast going in the game and one day everybody's gonna know the name it's the wrestling cheers this is platinum max signing off ohio good night the world good night we love you we'll see you next week